All right. Uh, Roll it. Keep it rolling. Yeah. Rolling, 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 rolling. It's a good energy to start with. <laughs> you, you started yawning first. B double E double R U N. Garth Brooks. Hey, everyone. Hey. We're back. It's Garth. It's season one. We're transported to the magical, beautiful time of uh, late 2016, uh, in which nothing bad had happened, <laughs> and nothing was going wrong, and everything was going great. We um, were just doing that courtship dance of like figuring out how to make a podcast to, with each other, just mostly talking about our penises. Mostly penises. Wait, <laughs> did we start in 2016 or 2017? I don't remember. I don't even know. It's probably 2017. I think it was 2017. I started to uh, get up in the cool in 2016. And I think oh. it was like the, the following year. Gotcha. So we, we were already numb to already the horrors numb. of our country. <laughs> yeah, the first bad thing had happened in American history. <laughs> oh, <us>. no. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> I can't believe we've been doing this for three years now. Oh, we passed yeah. our three-year anniversary and we didn't even notice. Oh man, we're already, we're already. Uh, we should go to counseling or something. Yeah, we've we've just like we've moved on to that stage where we're just tolerating each other. Uh, the spark has gone out of our relationship. Cameron, you never make love to me anymore. We've already we've already tried role playing. <laughs> and how? <laughs> Basically, given it up. Uh, life is just a series of um, getting bored with things and moving on to new things that will ultimately be unsatisfying to you. And speaking of which, Garth Brooks. <laughs> Whatever, dude. This uh, this album is called Fun, and, and it totally I, lives up to its name. I went ahead and gave each song a funness rating. Ooh. So uh, there's a phenomenon, a phenomenon, phenomenon. And while a lot of these songs are not particularly fun, there are some songs I think that are really fucking fun. Like there's a couple that are just really delightful and yeah, just the things that I love about Garth Brooks. And I thought that there was very little of the things that I hate about Garth Brooks music, which is, um, extremely contrived songwriting thrown together by what seems like a room full of people um, right. trying to make one dumb joke in reverse engineer it into an entire song. Yeah, exactly. And instead it's well contrived music by a room by rooms full of people <laughs> uh, trying to take one dumb joke and, uh, and effectively turning it into an entire song. A lot of it is like that. I think. Yeah, I, did you? I'm I'm actually looking at the writing credits for the first time. Uh, yeah, a lot of them have three writers. Uh, yeah, a lot of them uh, don't have Garth as a writer. Yeah, he's all. on a handful of them. Yeah, he's he's on a handful. Um, it's 49 minutes long. Garth Not Brooks bad. looks like a waxwork um, <laughs> evil villain version of himself on the cover. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, he's, he's been he's, so thoroughly airbrushed that yeah, he's, he's, he's more airbrushed uh, than man. 
He's definitely a replicant. Yes. <laughs> they need to do that Turing test with him. But he also just looks evil. He's got like an evil goatee and he's got like arched eyebrows and like kind of an evil squint. You think since this is 2020, you think they just like put him on a Zoom call and just did touch up my appearance <laughs> and slid the, <laughs> slid the bar all the way? <laughs> I think that's exactly what they did. They had him uh, stand next to a neon sign that says fun. <laughs> and they just did a Zoom screenshot. <laughs> and in fact that's that's uh the zoom like background feature behind him too uh-huh. <laughs> now how long has this album been in the can uh it was announced in 2018 we've been talking about it for so long it was and announced it was... to be released in 2018 not just oh my announced god that's for right 2018 we were like in. the album's coming out any day now <laughs> yeah like Two and a half years ago, we were like, well, oh, it's almost time for Garth again. Yeah, uh, so I guess it was postponed, at least at one point, by COVID-19, although obviously it was <laughs> postponed <laughs> before that. Man, they, they, they were like the, the first health authority, this, uh, this uh, uh, Pearl record label. They were the first health authority to recognize the danger that COVID posed back in 2018. They were on that COVID-18 shit. They're just like, America's not going to be ready for Garth Brooks. <laughs> we got to wait. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they, they just, they wanted to wait until, um, Garth, Garth just doesn't want to go on tour. So they, they wanted to wait until there was a reason for him not to be able to play to sold out crowds <laughs> Oh my everywhere. God. That, that must be actually really nice for him to not have to do that. I bet he just wants to stay home and watch, uh, uh, Queen's Gambit, like the rest of us. <laughs> <laughs> maybe he does seem. I'm to actually like, happy for him. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, maybe he does seem to kind of in- enjoy the the uh, the adulation of the stage, doesn't he? He just yeah, loves getting up there later. and hamming it up. Yeah, I don't know, man. This is the man who had a residency in Vegas for crying out loud. That's true, but like I. F- I wonder if he needs to be saved from that kind of thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. does he really want to do that? Is he just indulging the uh, most uh, degrading parts of himself? Yeah, like I, I kind of, I kind of wonder. You know, does he yeah. just like want to buy like another house on, uh, I don't know, in, in another Hawaiian island or something? Yeah, maybe. Um, so. Speaking of which, why why did why why does this album exist? Why do, do you think Garth thought it was necessary that he released this music? Like, do you think he <laughs> thought it was going to be successful? Do you, what what do you what's the thinking behind him actually making this album? Well, ostensibly, it's because it was fun to make. Ah, is it? It's just he he just did it as a pun, <laughs> fun pun. <laughs> yeah, I I don't really no i mean as also discussed- why is this album called fun <laughs> yeah it's yeah we we've been i i will say we've been listening to a lot of jack antonoff uh, um of the band fun but with his work with taylor swift mm-hmm. and i think that some of these songs are considerably more fun than anything he's he's had to offer in, mm. in the last few albums that we've listened to ah uh, yes so you're saying a lot of this album is more fun than Taylor Swift's albums? Yeah. I gotcha. Okay. We're, yeah. We're co-written by the per, you know the person who sh- claims to know the most about fun. Yeah, that band kind of ended up being uh, disappointing for me. 
because it's it started as a super group it has a guy from anathalo i think jack antonoff might be from like a band called steel train and then it has the the guy nate from the format and their first and album like, i thought well, was really fun. fun yeah <laughs> uh i thought their first album was pretty good and then they did that tonight we are young song which is just so shitty and bad and i hate it yeah it's like about doing pills and stuff yeah. at some point they're like well if you think about it having fun is actually sad yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh good old sad fun um uh, we, and there is there is sad fun in this album but i think country music is uniquely equipped to write about sad fun. And I think this album really, the, the few songs in it that are about sad fun, um, and, um, choosing unhealth, um, and, or non-health, uh, I think are really effective and in a way that feels timeless. Yeah, I guess I, I just, I still, I still have so many questions about like, (laughs) why he made this album like i i've been thinking a lot about what uh what you can do as an older artist that you can't do as a younger and if you don't want to just be repeating yourself and doing a pale imitation of your younger works like uh most most younger artists um have a little bit of fire in their belly they got a little bit of a of an edge to them actually I, i was thinking about this recently when it comes to andrew bird um the uh, the indie artist um, Rachel really likes a lot of his more recent albums, but I really prefer his more earlier stuff. Um, and I think I think there's a similar dynamic of like Andrew Bird is um, evolving in ways that um, are making his music a little less compelling to me. Sure, uh, but at least he's evolving. And it's it's making me really think about like yeah what is what is Andrew Bird getting at that he now as an older songwriter that he wasn't getting at when he was younger, and I think he's he's reflecting a lot more about like uh, people's responsibilities to each other. Um, he's reflecting a lot more on like tradition. He's incorporating a lot more American folk music, hmm. uh, almost like fiddle fiddle style playing, um, which he never did before. Like his first several albums feel like they're taking place on like a uh cold sterile uh vacuum of space kind of vibe and i I love them for that and he he makes a lot of like really intricate word plays and like metaphors and stuff and then his more recent stuff he's like he writes a song about how uh he was asked are you serious by his now wife um about whether he was gonna like commit to their relationship Mm. in that way um so there's he just like strips away the the layers of like metaphor and figure figurative language and ideas and stuff um and getting a little bit more direct and so i think there's a lot of interesting stuff to chew on in terms of like how do people evolve as they get older how does it change the art that they make if they're not just going to keep repeating themselves and just kind of like doing the same young guy dance which it kind of seems like what garth brooks is doing like this is not new ground for him (laughs) Like this is essentially a greatest hits record, but with, uh, but each song is wearing a slightly different mask than the song that was popular earlier. Yeah, I mean, what I'll say for Garth Brooks is, I I think he's always been incredibly low context. Yeah, <laughs> and not always, but like you know, his first couple 
his first album was like this is a country music album and it was squarely in that genre and then from then on it just sort of like went all over the place and he didn't have a through line um and sometimes his flirting with other genres was fun and often it was just like you're just trying to and and i don't mean this with all the like newer weight of this word but he's just trying to appropriate things um borrow things let's say yeah um and uh i think that this album it has some just fun party country music in it yes and it has a few of those like i mean you know it has a gospel song in it that's applied in a very strange way but i think it's kind of kind of fun as well um we gotta then, stop using that word when talking about these songs i'm I, that's literally all i'm going to do is <laughs> talk about to the extent to which these songs are fun <laughs> uh, on this album so you're just gonna have to take it uh, uh, that does sound fun yeah cool cool <laughs> and fun um and then there's i don't know just like a little bit of garth brooks karaoke going on i mean he sings shallow from that uh lady gaga movie that yeah. i never saw yeah me either uh she she she's the first writer credited on that song by the way that sounds about right yeah it was a pretty popular song i think to talk talking about her at some point yeah well um yeah i i think this is garth brooks whatever it is that he has to offer i think this is him toward like nearly at his best Hmm. Um, which is like what he does, what he does the best, which is singing party country songs that mm-hmm. are like a little bit dirty, but not too dirty. Um, and doing some, you know, kind of like karaoke stuff. And there, I think there's some, there's some, some of that challenging of his base, challenging toxic masculinity, um, imploring men and showing men by example how to uh, treat women in heteronormative contexts, mm-hmm. um, and I think he does some some good some good work there um, as well within the context of who he's talking to. So I yeah I enjoyed it. I didn't know what to expect. I was a, I was concerned that we were going to get another Man Against Machine album, which is just fucking garbage. Yeah. Um, and what we got was something I would say is that is better than Gunslinger, which is um, just not trying as hard, mm-hmm. uh, but doesn't necessarily, I don't remember it having anything that's just like a blast. And this album is, yeah, pretty low context, but it has a lot of that stuff that I look for from Garth Brooks. And it seems like they put the time in to make an album that delivers in the best ways that Garth Brooks can deliver, hmm. which is li- uh, limited. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. But I found myself enjoying it. Yeah. I think, I think you might be honest. something. I think you're starting to convince me. I think I'm also just kind of in, not in the most charitable mood. It's been a not great couple days and we're, we're water recording damage this a day house. late because you're a homeowner now and you, yeah. you made a terrible decision <laughs> to yeah. take responsibility for Ugh, responsibility for things sucks get me out of give me i want less responsibility that's bad if like uh, if, a, if a dishwasher spontaneously explodes itself and leaks all over the place and takes a wee wee on the floor now i gotta pay for it 
Have you considered making uh, two people like I did? <laughs> ah, that does sound nice. You mean out of like spare yeah. parts or like, uh, yeah. Uh, like yeah, basically. reanimated? <laughs> you weren't using it. I wasn't using this sperm. I can only speak for myself, but yes. <laughs> It's just, just there, uh, you know, down the toilet. Just lying around. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, shit. Um, Can we please start talking about songs? Yeah, which one? go soon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> gotta go to the toilet. Uh, which one do you start back. with? <laughs> oh, God. Um, the Rotomon. Okay. Rolling down this highway. Cotton fields, it's all going my way. Each town is a new name, each night is a home game. United by the love for a song. No, it don't get no better. I think I did not get the chorus. I think I got the lead up to the chorus and didn't get the chorus on that one. Whoops. Uh, whatever. Uh, this song's. This is a really strange choice to start an album on. Uh, uh-huh. It's especially like given COVID, ener- energy wise. But yeah, it's it's about going on tour during the pandemic. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah, didn't he do some sort of like drive-through tour or something? He toured some drive-throughs, getting some food. <laughs> I bet he did. Yeah, I bet he did. I've done a little bit of that. Yeah, mostly at Burgerville. <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, Burgerville's, the, I mean, all fast food, well, all food is problematic. Nobody should ever eat. <laughs> <laughs> but Burgerville is less problematic than many fast food. <laughs> <laughs> I love that take. <laughs> um, um, yeah, food, it's a slippery slope. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> Do not, my friends, become addicted to food. <laughs> Uh, good old Immortan Joe. Some real wisdom. Really wisdom, um, yeah. Paraphrased. Uh, so, yeah, I don't want to talk about this song very much, uh, but basically Garth is just waxing sentimental about playing music live. From the mm-hmm. honky tonks to the big stage, I've played them the same way. And I I'm left- wonder if that's true. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's... This is mythologizing. Yeah. Like, I, I bet he's an absolute softy and wants and i bet he has like a, a stupid rider with like a lot of just pampering in it yeah when he plays when he plays shows these days yeah no green but m&ms may, i mean maybe it's similar maybe he wants maybe he wants to be saved from that maybe he he wishes that he could go back to uh you know working his ass off there is something fun about um the labor of uh, of touring i've done very little of it um but even though it's like you know questionably profitable yeah um it is really fun mm-hmm. like especially if you're if you're doing it with people that you like and um yeah so i i think there's i wish this song was more fun consider considering the topic i think he's done road road dog musician songs before that have been more fun um more stories to tell and no this is just it's pretty boring it's pretty sentimental it's i gave it a five out of ten on your funometer yeah which is like you know six to ten is fun and one to five is 
uh, gradations of not fun. And ah, this is, you know, just just almost fun, and it's not. Mm, almost <laughs> fun, it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. One thing that's interesting about this album is that Garth is credited as the only producer credit. Oh, interesting. And I read a review. I happened across, well, I was trying to find lyrics for this album, which are impossible to find online uh, because Garth Brooks's web presence is uh, ranges from non-existent to completely baffling. Um, and I happened across I'm assuming a review. you have to have a Tor browser to really hear about Garth Brooks. I think so. It's only on the deep web. <laughs> um. So, yeah, yeah, I came across a review of this album who faulted the production and said it sounded amateurish. There's a moment where he's doing his duet with Charlie Pride later in the album where Garth just kind of, like, sings over him for one line. It's so weird. It's so weird. So every he, the, yeah, I have a sound sample of that. The reviewer I was reading just, point, just thought they were all weird production mistakes for this album. So there, There's a... There's not very much like instrumental stuff going on, like solo taking. There's mm-hmm. barely any solos, and I love a good Garth Brooks song solo. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so it's not the greatest in terms of production. I don't know how much imagination he has or ability to execute he has when it comes to production. So yeah, yeah, I think you you may be right. Uh, do you want to move on to the next yeah. song? Or do you want to move on to a different... Are we doing all of them? What's happening here? I guess there's 15. One of uh, them is not a real song, though. One of them is just a, a little <laughs> hyphen, a little dash. Um, Three seconds one of, of them's silence. Just, um, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Being superstitious. Oh, yeah. He's skipping uh, lucky number 13. Yeah, he's done it before. Yeah. Um, let's, let's do what cowboys do. Which is to say... Which is to say... Another song to sing Another day to save Another rodeo They're always leaving town Chasing sunsets down It ain't nothing new Yet they're just passing not fun not very fun no a <laughs> lot of, out of 10 a lot of uh garth vocal ticks in this one a lot of extra a lot of extra um uh consonants especially especially ns and ns i i forgot how much that bothered you it bothers um, me so much they're just mm, passing through yeah that's what cowboys do do you want to synopsize the song? That's what we used to do, is synopsize oh, the fuck. songs. How are we going to do that if turns. we can't find reliable <laughs> lyrics? Uh, yeah, so I actually have these lyrics. Um, on Amazon Music, there are lyrics for most of the songs just in the player. So I'm just looking at scrolling through them. It's kind of clunky, but oh, I got okay. them in there. You know, ostensibly the real lyrics. Huh. Okay, well um so should i do it then i don't know i mean there's there's some like bullshit attempted a story in the verses and then the chorus is all about how cowboys are always leaving they're just passing through that's what cowboys do it's a rodeo song yep but even less like grounded and seems even less real than the other rodeo songs that garth has done like he it's he's he's done better yeah i feel like he doesn't even try to like inhabit this character or 
believably deliver their story in this song. Yeah, he almost he has a one night stand with a woman, and then he has a one night stand with Texas. The but he whole, has to keep moving. Yeah, Garth Brooks <laughs> does Texas. I think is is the name of that video. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> That's what a great thing to say. <laughs> in the proud tradition of Debbie Does Dallas. Uh, boy, boy, does he in this song? Yeah. Um, yeah uh, yeah, and there are a lot of sort of filler, filler, filler lyrics like "But a cowboy's always got somewhere to go, another song to to sing, another day to save, another rodeo." Well, it's like no, in this in the story of the song, it's just a rodeo. You're not you're not being a vigilante yeah. or um, singing songs or chasing you're a sunset a ro- down. Yeah, I mean maybe in like touring, but yeah, yeah. So. I don't know. The, yeah, this song's a little boring. Uh, there, there are some kind of interesting things in the writing. Um, kind of. Like, there's this... Kind of. He starts with singing a... Uh, in the first verse, he has this, like, minor seven that he resolves... Kind of resolves up to a major seven in the melody. But he doesn't do it consistently every time. But mm-hmm. I took the first example. So I think it's like... I don't know if it's like a him trying to find the note, but I think it kind of works. Hmm, okay. She told me she was lonely and it'd be alright If happy ever after only meant one night so Which sat. syllable is it? It's happy ever after Hap is the minor seven and then P is the major seventh. Mm. It's sort of a s- strange chromatic choice that's he's it's not a cliche that he's that he's drawing on it's mm-hmm. just sort of like a i don't know he doesn't really do it again hmm. let's listen to it again so we so we yeah. know which Hap word to listen and to P. oh i do trust me she told me she was lonely and it be all here it comes if happy ever after only meant one night so we yeah that makes very little impression on me i did not notice it when it first happened or when I listen to this album, I mean. God, uh, Skype's got Garth Brooks really sounding like a replicant, too, <laughs> on my end. <laughs> oh, boy. Robot Garth. Garthbot <laughs> 3000. Uh, yeah, so that's the whole song. We, we should go to All Day Long. This is the actual first fun song. Fun song. And a band swings, it gets them all out on the floor. And if we're gonna get the party started, somebody's gotta swing them doors. Somebody's gotta feed that jukebox, somebody's gotta drink that beer. Somebody's gotta get all rowdy and race and hell and care. Somebody's gotta dance in women, to a country song. Somebody's gotta feed that jukebox, somebody's gotta drink that bear. That's right. <laughs> Garth Brooks is going to the bar to drink a bear. To a gay bar. <laughs> yeah. Uh, is Garth yeah. Brooks a bear? He's probably not hairy enough, huh? It, oh, I don't know how hairy you have to be. Uh, I mean, he's, he's definitely got the size. He's kind of a zaddy type. There's a lot of man to love. <laughs> <laughs> is there a word for what Garth Brooks is besides daddy? <laughs> All right, gays. Uh, right in. <laughs> What is the uh, what is the archetype for Garth Brooks? Yeah, uh, I think he's kind of a twink. 
what <laughs> I he <laughs> very clearly is not. <laughs> I mean, maybe like first album Garth Brooks. No, is. not even then. No. Yeah. That was I was goofing. It's not a twink. What? Will Will someone please make Garth Brooks's grinder profile? That that would actually <laughs> be really lovely if someone could put that together. Ah, uh, that's great. I would love to see that. Uh, okay, so this song, it's it's pretty unremarkable in the first verse. It's just about going to like a honky tonk bar and dancing and partying. Woo! Um, but it gets a little more interesting in the second verse, and this takes. I think a few, I mean, this is all arguable about what fun really is, because if it's too not grounded in reality, is it, is it, do you, does the brain um, or, or the heart like reject it? And maybe country music is more fun because it leans into this stuff. Anyway, Wait, is I'll, this I'll like Inception? It. Like wh- who's rejecting right. what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm saying... I, I took a few dings off the funometer because of this, but I think that it makes it more palatable. Here's verse two. Somebody's going to need a shoulder when that so- uh, sad song plays. Somebody's going to need to hold her, tell her it's okay. Just let her know to let it go, and then she's going to have some fun. If she needs some help getting over him, somebody's got to get it done. Um, so there's some like kind of it zooms in it's no longer a general song about everyone getting together it's like here's a reason why one person is here to party it's kind of a dark reason Mm -hmm. um and there's not a solving for pattern answer to it um other than this is what we're here to do someone will be here trying to get over trying to have fun despite the fact that they do not want to have fun um and that they maybe are unable to someone's going to try to help make it happen for this person hopefully in a in a consensual way that's not too gross you know yeah i was there's you could definitely i don't know it's it's a little bit ambiguous in this song whether or not this uh this speaker this narrator is i mean somebody can make the argument that he's kind of being a little predatory um i don't think that's what he's intending but i don't think there's anything to like argue against that in the lyrics i i think he's I think he's he's making grand gestures about the ecosystem of the honky tonk. I don't I, I don't think that he's saying I'm going to go um, uh, try to take advantage of this sad lady. <laughs> like I think he's saying like, and this is part well, of the the evening. Someone's going to do this. I, and I think that's the, the why we're here. The final couplet: If she needs some help getting over him, somebody's got to get it done. The imperative is the part that's bothering I guess you? so, because it's, it's, um, it's specifically saying that she's not going to be the one to do it. I guess it, it's, it's the conditional, if, some, if she needs some help, then somebody's got to get it done. Okay. Yeah. I mean, she, and I, I, maybe I'm attributing too much agency here, you know, because it's not, the text isn't saying, and... Uh, and she's a grown woman and she gets to decide the way that she processes her grief. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's, it's, it's sort of implying that she's like choosing non-health, but like, I don't know. She, she's there to party because she's trying to get over someone. And I think that's something you can give the song. Okay. Yeah. So I think that verse is interesting, especially when it's the party 
music is still happening. Like it's still just like, oh yeah, let's let's party. Yeah, it's got like You're the party sad. electric guitar. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I I think that that's that juxtaposition. I think is kind of satisfying and yeah. feels like an important element of country music, which is we're all pretty bummed out because our lives are bad because of the um, society that we're building is inherently um, uh, fucked up, irredeemable. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So we have to like build in these like vents of like non health to like, uh, to deal with it. Um, And, and we're going to sing about it to mythologize it, to help it become part of this system. Um, and it's there's there's always like a little bit of like a cruel and tragic irony in you know like country music and in you know its life predecessors you know like yeah. old time and in life and in old time music and the, obviously the all the black musics in in America like the blues you know mm-hmm. um, back be, back before there were distinctions such as blues or country music when they were the same thing and they decided with the record labels would say okay. Uh, now country music that black people play is going to be called the blues and country music that <laughs> white people play is going to be called country music, you know? Yeah. They or just, blues music that white people play is going to be called country music. I just, I love the, um, just weird and arbitrary names they made up at that time. Like at the, at the dawn of the recording industry, they invented, uh, the old time music label out of whole cloth. Right. They, uh, they also had previously called some of that music hillbilly music. Uh, which contrasted with uh, "quote unquote" race records, which is their term for black music that they had recorded, which is also profoundly hillbillyish. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's just so weird and so yeah. uh, racist. And I, I, I don't, I don't mean that with uh, with with any derogatory sense. I just mean like you know a lot of that black music, the early black recordings. You know, that's like mountain music. I mean, a lot of it's urban as well. But yeah, totally. Some, I was uh, I was reading someone recently on on the internet. You know you know how you know how you get on the internet. There's these people and they write they, they, they like writing stuff. You guys ever been on? You guys heard of this internet? <laughs> you, you seen this? You heard of this? This internet? You guys ever been on wow, this, this internet? This is going to be another great episode of Think Outside the Box. Set. So good. Starting off this way. <laughs> Bring on Nathan's excellent Jay Leno impression. Um, yeah, I was on this internet. This internet you, you, uh, recently and. Uh, this in this part of the internet there was a there was a guy and they were arguing that uh hillbilly is a term for just like someone who lives in the mountain and there's like a there's like a nobility to the hillbilly and the derogatory term is actually redneck because rednecks uh-huh. are the ones that like set off firecrackers inside of their cars and the that are parked on the lawn on wood blocks and like have a uh porch full of dogs and like all that shit right like there's some there's some like <laughs> The hillbill, I mean, hillbilly elegy. The movie, the Netflix movie, just came out, and ap- basically all of Appalachia is like infuriated at um, America's sweetheart, uh, Glenn Close, Ron, Ronald McDonald. What's his name? <laughs> no, it's Glenn Close. No, what's the the name of the person who made the film? Uh, Ron Howard. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. I yeah. did not know um, he was involved in it. Yeah, he he directed it, or maybe he wrote it or adapted it. I don't know, but um, yeah, but like uh, it's 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 back in the conversation, which is you know this is an ethnic group uh, with a long history, and uh, it is a marginalized group um, that is um, a, a multiracial uh, class coalition. 
um, mm-hmm. of, of people, and um, it's often misrepresented or fetishized. Or um, is that what the movie does? And, uh, ostensibly, I've not seen it, but um, okay. yeah, apparently it's like a pretty bad faith like depiction of of Appalachia from the original book, and it's you know it's just like oh, this is like a you know, uh, such a sad place that can never be saved and everyone's addicted to drugs and, you know, but, and that's definitely their fault. Yeah. (laughs) What, what you're, what you're saying, you know, about like reading about like this, uh, reclaiming of the word hillbilly, it's like, well, yeah, like there's also this rich history of, you know, uh, class conscious, um, low, uh, low class, um, or low-income, low generationally low-income folks who are getting together to unionize and mm-hmm. um, uh, and uh, uh, make liquor mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, like, make their own um, economies. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I don't... Yeah, so, anyway, uh, that's, uh, that's all a departure, but mm-hmm. may, may, maybe if you find that link, you, we, we can put that in the learning links. Um, let's listen to a couple of sound samples. There's some fun overdriven fiddle in one yeah. of the solo sections. I mm-hmm. think it's worth listening to. This is not it. I was going to say. There it is. Yeah, you don't usually hear uh, fiddle overdriven. Yeah, I think it's I think it's kind of fun. It's it a bit camp. Fun. It's oh, campy, but is it, it's cool. Is it fun? Where does this? Yeah, did you give this song a fun rating? Yeah, I gave it. I gave it a seven out of ten. Oh, that's not bad. I I think it's pretty fun. That's almost it's a seventy percent. <laughs> so, like, I think it's definitely fun, and I I took a few notches out of it because of the like the nuance that is in it. But like I said, because nuance isn't fun, maybe, but you know, not always, sometimes <laughs> you want just a silly fun song, mm-hmm. but, uh, but I might like it more for that. I don't always want to have the most fun. Sometimes I want to have a pretty good time, but also, you know, spoonful of sugar makes the medicine go down. Talk about yeah. some heartache. Damn. You know, and that's who, who knew that Garth Brooks was going to produce such a profound theological rumination on what is fun really. Garth knew. He always knew. He always knew, but he's making us question it. And that's yeah. his power. <laughs> Go off, King. Uh <laughs> Slay. Uh <laughs> let's listen to this really so we're talking about, you know, m- whether or not the production is good in this album, and that's mm-hmm. debatable. But I think this choice in the third verse, if you're gonna have a third verse, you gotta do something a little different in the production. Mm-hmm. And I, I like it. What the the choice is made. Yeah. Somebody's got to go the distance. Somebody's got to call last round. Somebody's got to turn the lights on. Shut this old bar down. When morning comes, I'll find someone with a headache and a grin. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah, it's it's got the spare like sort of open open chords on a like on an acoustic steel string guitar it's got the four on the floor with like little snare fills um i think it's just like a pretty pretty fun tonally mm. um and but like kind of in a simmery kind of way yeah mm-hmm. i like it i think yeah. it's good it's good yeah. shit it's good good job on the production for that moment at least garth yeah i i don't need to talk about shallow 
Yeah. I, well, does anyone need to talk about Shallow? We should do... what. So I gave it a two out of ten for funness. One of the lowest, not the lowest in this album. Oh, interesting. But the one thing that made it not a one out of ten is the sound sample that I took. Is this in the actual song? I haven't actually heard the Lady Gaga uh, Rocket Raccoon version. Um, I, I, if I, okay, I, th- I think I know what you're getting at based on the title of your sound sample. But let's listen to it. Yeah. In the they bit into their into their food and it's still it's still too hot it's too hot that's funny it really is is it's, that in the actual song i don't think so i mean i've never listened to that song on purpose or all the way through i think uh even once yeah i think they uh they just like dry out the syllable like sha a kind of like that they don't like put right. a bunch of h and l sounds sha ha la 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 really funny yeah it's very funny what they <laughs> so do. so i think that is fun and um, i will give it one point yeah away from the bottom yeah uh it's it's also a duet with uh garth's wife trisha yearwood so she she I, sings the lady gaga part she she's a fucking great singer. I forgot. She's she a good singer. She sings good. She sounds really good. Uh, let's let's talk about Dive Bar. Okay. Is that a broken heart can find a high. So here the toast coast to coast with a big old adios two issues wasted on them falling stars. We're gonna spend the weekend in the deep end of a dive bar. I have previously never heard Blake Shelton sing, mm. and he is very hard to distinguish from Garth's voice. Except yes. uh, you just take the, uh, the 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 dial labeled old timey prospector and crank that up by about like twenty or thirty percent. So you're kind of talking, you're kind of talking like this, Shani. Got a lot of sh- these, uh, kind of like shh, shh, kind of like uh, whistling through your front teeth. I remember, like, I don't He's know. He's also very young. Four or five years ago, when I think it's People magazine has, like, the hottest, hottest people alive, you know, every year mm-hmm. that they do, uh, or for the hottest people of the year or whatever. And uh, Blake Shelton got number one that year. And I remember at the time, it was also, like, peak Idris Elba time. Oh, um, yeah. When everyone was just talking about how, like, breathtakingly beautiful and, like, just how much of an Adonis this man is. And then, you know, Blake Shelton gets Sexiest Man Alive, which is, to be fair, he's a, he's a good-looking guy. He's well put together. He's got kind of like... But to me, he's got kind of more like, I don't know, he's like a friendly dog. You know, he's like... He's cute, <laughs> if uh-huh. anything, you know? Uh, but, um, yeah, there were some great... Uh, <laughs> internet um fun internet backlash against blake shelton being uh, <laughs> labeled as sexiest man alive it's like really he kind of looks like sean bean's son a little bit like he could be sean bean's son yeah. or you know what sean bean's son looks like and he oh looks like- no i'm just saying he looks like he could be sean bean's son just like in terms yeah. of facial structure and whatnot but he's less attractive Sha- than Sean Bean, I think. I think Sean Bean is very attractive I in agree. his own particular way. I think so. And is more attractive than Blake Shelton. Yeah, I agree. When, when's Sean Bean's turn? 
if yeah, it hasn't what, been, when does he get to be sexy so far? Like, like, what is it going to be? Yeah. <laughs> They're going to give him one of those Lifetime Achievement Awards, at the Sexiest Year People Awards. Like, how someday, they did it to make up for Charlie Chaplin or whatever. Someday he's going to get his dick out in a movie and everyone's is going to break the internet. Because <laughs> it's been like... <laughs> like uh, a perfect penis this whole time and none of us knew <laughs> just so perfect <laughs> i'm not saying it's going to be like stupidly big but it's just going to like look like a model's penis it's going to be and an then, adonis and... of a penis <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's going to be shaped like an adonis <laughs> just a little man down there and 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 then that's going to win sexiest person alive not yeah. sean and, bean and, yeah sean bean's penis which Am I saying Sean like Beam or Bean? I don't know what you've been saying. I've been saying Scene Bean this whole time. <laughs> or sorry, should it be uh, Sean Bon? <laughs> you seen the Bean or Sean Bean's Bean? <laughs> <laughs> you guys seen this Bean? Oh shit! Okay, so this song is more fun than the last dive bar song or honky tonk song that we just listened to before shahallows mm-hmm. um and yeah there's like less kind of you know murkiness or less um unhealthiness or pathology in it but it replaces that stuff with just like a lot of silliness yeah and it's and- it's built around a um like weirdo conceptual pun because the chorus is, we're going to spend the weekend in the deep end of a dive bar. There it is. Because, <laughs> you know, like a swimming pool, the diving end is usually the deep end, uh, yeah. so to speak. Yeah. Uh, I think that's pretty, pretty fun writing. And this, uh, this song starts off with just such a, such a declaration. Uh, and <laughs> do you want to play that? It's, yeah. It's really, it's really great. We'll turn that bottle up and drink it, crank that jukebox up and hang it, bartend. <laughs> uh, turn that bottle up and drink it. Well, I don't know what drank turn. It. Drank it, sorry. Turn that bottle up. I don't know what that means. Crank that jukebox up and hank it. Hank, as in uh, the character from uh, the Venture Brothers. Uh, it's, it's, yeah, clearly. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a very hank thing of him to do. Um, you know, hank, hank is always saying... hank from Breaking Bad. Oh, Hank is always saying that wasn't very Hank of you to do something, but this is very Hank. Uh, I mean, in all seriousness, he he means uh, Hank Williams, I think. Yeah, and I assume when he says turn that bottle up, I'm assuming he means literally turn Bottoms its orientation up. in space in order yeah. to drink it. Yeah. What you're blowing my mind. Uh, and he's doing, yeah. Garth Garth Brooks is doing his like, like yep it's very is. affected but i think it's really fun yeah he's he's doing his um his uh fun deep singing which he used to such great effect in friends in low places yes he doesn't quite growl it out like he does in that one but it you know it's he could do that all the time and i i would be happy with god that. that's such a good karaoke song god. it's still great it's still great man i wish I wish we could be do karaoke right now. Uh, oh my god, that would be lovely. Yeah. I wonder if there's some sort of Zoom way to do karaoke. Probably, but it probably sucks, just like every other like Zoom replacement for the real thing. <laughs> like Zoom kisses, no good. <laughs> no, you got you're not doing them right. No, oh, okay. Uh, 
I, I don't remember all the fun stuff that's in the song, but I took sound samples of it, so we can just react to it if after you play the fun sound okay. samples. Okay. Uh, here, let's listen to what this one's called, Sleevers. For some bar stool believers, wear our heart out on the sleevers. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's stupid it's and stupid. fun. For some bar stool believers, wear our heart out on our sleevers, just going where the neon glows. That's some Dr. Seuss shit. It is some Dr. <laughs> and Seuss shit. I'm here shit. for it. <laughs> I, I just really appreciate saying something stupid and you you know that it's stupid uh, and just like going there. It's an invitation to have fun. Yeah, everyone gets stupid. Dare to yeah, be stupid. It, well, yeah, it's, it is kind of daring. It's saying like, hey, I'm going to say something stupid and are you really going to like... Are you really going to scoff at it? Yeah. Or are you going to let yourself have feelings? <laughs> Put, have your heart out on your sleever. Yeah. Uh, I still cannot get over how Blake Shelton apparently sings like he's 85 years old. <laughs> he, he sounds so... Okay, let's, listen, to this, listen to this again, everyone. This is, this is a man who is less than 45. He's 44 years old. For some bar stool believers wear our heart out we're a hard L on our sleevers. <laughs> he he, he sings sounds like older he's than so, Charlie Pride later does. on in this album. He does. <laughs> I cannot get over it. He sounds twice as old as Garth. <laughs> uh, it I I I don't get why he's doing that. Like, is it just an affect, or is that actually how he naturally sounds? I've I've watched an episode or two back in the day of The Voice, uh, and at least at that time, he was on The Voice. Um, with CeeLo Green. Uh, oh, what a <laughs> uh, good company. And, yeah, and uh, he talked like that. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Well... He was born in the deep end of a dive bar, <laughs> I think. Sounds like it. All right. Uh, there's, a, there's a fun little quote here. Blake and I are getting ready to release a duet in the summer, period. He was fun. Full stop. <laughs> <laughs> fun, period. <laughs> Just like the band. Uh, here's another sound sample. This one is is uh, titled "So Fun." So here the toast coast to coast with a big old adios. Two issues wasted on the fallen stars. We're gonna spend the weekend in the deep end of a dive. I think it's fun. It's fun. Uh, there's it's there's fun. a lot of uh, fun rhymes there. So here's a toast coast to coast with a big old adios. Yeah, there's some there's some fun imagery um, in in that verse. A lot of like water based imagery, because up in here you're not the only loved and left her lost and lonely one who's ever swam against the tide, thinking this is your oasis. It's the safest of places that a broken heart can find to hide. So here's a toast coast to coast with a big old adios to wishes wasted on them fallen stars. That's pretty Ending good. On a big on a big major two chord. Yeah. Uh, wasting all the falling stars dun, 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 dun. <laughs> and then it doesn't go to the five chord it goes to the one chord and then to the five chord which oh. is such a, a a lovely pop idiom mm-hmm. so yeah i i think this i think this did this you song did you give this song a delightful. rating i give it an eight out of ten eight i do 10. not think that it is as good or as fun as as a b double e double r u n yeah but I I think it's great. Yeah. Okay. Uh, next song. We can't talk about 
that many more songs. I think Amen is worth talking about because it's so horny. Yeah, it's incredibly horny. And he, like, co-ops, he, like, has tricked an entire gospel choir to come in and sing about his horniness. (laughs) I I don't know how to account for that. (laughs) Well, it does. does, I don't know how to explain that. I'm imagining those, like, uh, stock uh, joke, um, like, uh, joke setups from, like, olden ye olden times where you like i think they did this in, in the austin powers movie where he's getting chased by the women and then he like comes out leading the marching band as a way to like disguise himself i feel like that's what garth brooks did with the gospel choir and just like just like a uh, pied piper of hamlin to them into a recording studio to sing about his horny song <laughs> anyway let's listen to sounds oh shit okay i'm like a dog that's yeah. got a bone he's got the belly He's, he's talking about morning wood there he is he is talking about morning wood um he also he uh, he is a very distasteful lyric in the first um wait how did that go it's something about uh he's he's like a dog who's got a bone and wants to bury it so oh like, god you don't 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 say that don't please you're don't. old you're old we don't want to hear about your old boner <laughs> Unless you sing in an old timey prospector voice, I would love to Unless hear Blake Sean Bean or Beam, whichever his name is. Nobody's really quite sure. Scientists uh, have studied it for years, and nobody really knows if it's is it Bean or Beam. Um. Okay. Yeah. So this. Uh, what should we listen to? Uh, Garf likes like some thick with two C's, or Garf likes some shine nerdy. Uh, well, we gotta listen to them both, obviously. Let's right, do. Well, let's get thick. Dealer's choice. I like it thick. <coughs> I like it heavy. <coughs> it's like I'm driving me a '57 I forgot that he literally just says, "I like him thick." Like, there's no, there's <laughs> <He> no <does. laughs> figurative language. There's no pretense. There's, there's nothing. He just comes out right out and says, "I like him thick." Yeah, it doesn't have two C's in the and uh, no K in the amazon music uh lyric scroll but um you know that he means that he absolutely does <laughs> he means dummy thick <laughs> and now i'm now i'm doing a uh a, oh you know what what it in this lyrics which i'm assuming are verified it says i like him fit fit he does not say fit it really sounds I like, like thick fit. i wonder hang on let's listen again i like him thick you know what? It sounds like he's saying th, but it definitely sounds like he's ending it with a T sound. He likes some fit. <laughs> that's just, that's what he's trying to say. Wait, these are, there yeah. are verified lyrics for this? Well, I'm assuming they're verified if they're on Amazon Music in the scroll. Huh. Maybe. Yeah. So, but yeah, I think it's problematic to compare having sex with a woman to driving a, a big old car or a 57 truck. Chevy. But I also think it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> and I, and I also think like, Hey, you know what? If, if that's what he wants and he's not being demeaning in the act, then I hope, 
I hope so, some lucky lady gets to be uh, driven like a big old truck by 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 Garth. Vroom vroom. Uh, yeah. I, I'm over here just doing a, a quick web search on how thick is Trisha Yearwood. Uh, is Trisha Yearwood like a 57 Chevy in some way? Uh, she was I, born in 1964, so she's not even as old as a 57 Chevy. Uh, she's thick beyond her years. <laughs> I don't. I don't actually really think that she is. And uh, I mean, even what, I don't know. I don't. <laughs> I don't want to actually talk about real women's bodies because there's oh, no good way no. to do that. Oh, no. The first hit is CelebrityInside.com. Trisha Yearwood, body measurements, bra size, height, weight. Oh, no. See, now we're just part of the problem. Uh, and we, and now, we've, uh, now we've sent traffic their way. Fuck. All right. Well... Oh, although I think there's, there's apparently is, is lovely, and I think she's hotter than Garth is. <laughs> well, obviously, uh, everyone should go check out a a very real and authoritative website called medicalhealthdoctor.com, uh, which has an article about how Trisha Yearwood has dropped thirty pounds, and it has a very illuminating quote. Um, fuck, where'd it go? The website is fucking broken. All right. Uh, like many Americans, the singer hails from a family that's, quote, liberally and routinely inclined to be thick, unquote, she states. Oh, wow. That's so her quote? Yeah, she's self-described thick. So, Garth has the permission to use that word. I guess so. And to celebrate. Uh, she gave him his hood whatever. pass, as it were. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I didn't think we were going to say anything more problematic, <laughs> but there it is. Here we go. Uh, uh, I, okay. I feel like that's uh, kind of a challenge. I'm going to see what I can do now. You're, you're really trying to like, like t- take your own uh, very questionable hood pass and <laughs> test its limits <laughs> in your own personal life. Um, all right. Uh, let's, let's catch him shy and nerdy. Uh, I think I'm just too shy and nerdy. Oh, I should that's I should it. not do the fade outs on that one. I I that's my that's on me for making it too short. Okay. Um let's uh and let's listen to Garth Dew's best James Brown. Oh god, I guess. That is literally, yeah. You're that is literally a James Brown like uh, routine, I'll say. Yeah, um, he's, he's bossing the band around. Um, I, I, while I will admit that I think the concept of the song being, I am horny and I want you to stand in solidarity with me and to confirm my horniness. I want you to be allies and celebrate my horniness. Be my horniness, allies. I think that is funny, but I think it is pretty of an offensive application of this like wonderful art form of gospel music. Absolutely. Like he, he, uh, mm, yeah, it's, there's a lot of like, I mean, if you want to follow it down the rabbit hole, there's like, you could dredge up some like pretty offensive stuff, um, about how like the, they're like, potentially different beauty standards between like different groups of people and how uh many black americans might be more uh accepting or celebratory of larger women than uh the mainstream american culture of 
preferring bone rail skinny girls. Um, You're doing great, Nathan. Yeah, love it. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm so glad I decided to just hang in there. Keep saying that <laughs> sentence. This is all going in. <laughs> uh, but I'm just like, I why why the fuck like the it seems like the the paper thin reasoning to have a gospel choir on this album is because he uses the word amen. And he's like, oh, I said the word amen. Let's let's bring in uh, 50 people to uh, be my allies and sing about how horny I am. That there's like there's no there's no reason. Yeah, it's 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 one of I think this is as um ill-conceived as Garth gets mm-hmm. on this album. Um I mean, I only want to talk about a couple more songs, and one of them might be a contender for it, maybe. Yeah. Um, but it's at least better intentioned. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, all that being said, I gave this song a 9 out of 10 for the funometer, because it is fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun, but it does suck. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, I would recommend that people check out uh, this song that's aptly titled Pussy by uh one of my favorite rappers homeboy sandman um and it's it's a really interesting it's sort of like a a rap etude which is how can i sing about um desiring to have sex with women uh ex- as explicitly as possible and and generally as possible without being uh misogynistic it's sort of like a it's like a hip hop like um chess problem or something. Wow. Um and uh I I think that I think that he he threads the needle pretty effectively and it's it's a really funny song. And I I would say it's like similar to Baby Got Back, but but I would say even like less problematic. So it, people check out the song Pussy. I th- I think it's uh, it'll be it'll be a hoot content warning obviously. <laughs> also also uh bonus shout out to uh David is it pronounced Guetta or Getta? Um where he's uh he he says he he does a very similar thing and similarly pulls it off when he says I'm trying to find the words to describe this girl without being disrespectful and the uh, words he he finds is uh damn use a sexy bitch. <laughs> Who says that? David Guetta, featuring Akon. Um, oh, yeah, that's it. <laughs> that, I mean, it, it is it is an interesting conversation. Like, and Garth doesn't even come close to this. But the the conversation of like, how do we be sex positive um, and celebrate um, people's bodies and attractiveness, which has to be included in sex positivity without demeaning those people um how do we and, sexualize without objectifying yes yeah and uh which by by design you have to acknowledge the object of one's you know <laughs> container yeah <laughs> <laughs> where uh, to be gnostic a real gnostic about it yes <laughs> <laughs> but i i think it's i think it's an interesting conversation we got into this a lot talking about t-pain because he sometimes I think really nails it, and then other times it's like I don't know, man. Like, this, <laughs> yeah. is, this is rough. But I I think that the um, the uh, the the effort is interesting for people who are trying to keep uh, you know to not be a Puritan, but to also to to, to not be um, regressive. 
So it's mm-hmm. an interesting an interesting battle to fight. I I think if it's cool with you, I just want to talk about two more songs. I, I think we should talk about Where the Cross Don't Burn. We definitely do need to talk about that one, yeah. And then we should talk about the song that I gave a 10 out of 10. Is it Party Gras? The Mardi Gras party, song? <laughs> party Gras. In parentheses. And parenthetically, the Mardi Gras song. I agree with... The, the yeah. stupidest title ever written. Uh, so but fun. first, let's get really serious Stupidness and talk about fun. the clan, I guess. Yeah, and how, how much uh, Garth loves to have black friends and talking about having black friends. Just me on the point of no return. White boy and a black old tracks walking hand in where I come to understand so this this song I, I did manage to find lyrics for it somewhere on azlyrics.com dot az whatever uh, you can say that again um, and it seems to be pretty accurate uh, it, this song features a real humdinger of an opening line we were white they were black and right away, I knew this song was going to be very successful and very sensitive and definitely not use black people as props in a white person's story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, okay. So this, I, I've been talking with a lot of folks lately about Queen's Gambit, you included on our um, uh, What's in the Box Weekly, Little Culture Club, um, you know, and just like talking about if black people are in, do, do white people get to have stories? And then, is <laughs> no. it, you know, like, and I mean, I think the culture in general is trying to decide to what extent white people get to have stories or yeah. if we need to take a break, etc. But like, in general, I think it's clear that like, yeah, like white people still have stories and we're people and, you know, well, we humanity. <laughs> you know, like there's stories that are worth telling and, if we're going to have stories that are about individual whites, um, are those stories better or worse for having black supporting characters? And how does one uh, do that responsibly? Um, Cause I think in, in general, like I think a story is better for having, you know, uh, supporting characters. a story is more interesting for having, um, you know, cultural clashes and like, you know, to some sometimes explicit racial tension and things like that in it. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, but then it's like, how do you give the, the, these characters uh, dignity um, without, um, yeah, like you said, using them as props. And I think it's, I ultimately, I don't really know. Mm-hmm. I liked the Queen's Gambit. I mostly like the Jolene character. I thought there were some problematic elements in the, in the writing of the character, but it was also sort of, I don't know. It was like a story set in the sixties and like, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I can't have the final word on that. This song is clearly meant to address a, you know, a Trump America, mm-hmm. you know, it's going to be like released originally, I guess in 2018, he's trying to talk about racism. Garth is trying to throw his weight around and not keep it. And funky. I think, and not keep it funky. I think the, uh, the attempt here is clearly to build this like rhetorical kind of case for shared humanity. And he's trying to speak to his base by saying, well, 
an old, like, I guess, I don't know if this actually happened, you know, or if this is just a made-up story, which then I think is really problematic. I but if this really actually doubt this actually happened, honestly. I, I kind of honestly do as well. <laughs> I would love to hear an interview about it. Um, if anyone is able to find anything on the internet about Garth Brooks at all. Um, yeah. That, uh, is Garth, this does song, Garth that would exist be great. on the internet? Like- yeah. <laughs> uh, but essentially he's saying, he's making this case. He's telling a story of like, well, a, a black man uh, converted me to to Christianity and to follow Jesus. So, um, and and he's sort of saying that's where the cross do- don't burn, which I think is a really weird. He's he's trying to make this, yeah, kind of appeal to, I mean, to God essentially, which is just like um, there are things that are stronger than our than our than our uh, our d- the divides. You know, and um, this is an example of something that happened in my life. Me, Garth Brooks, definitely happened to me. <laughs> I, I, I just skimmed a couple articles uh, that indicate that this is not uh, something from Garth's own past. Okay. Uh, the song is written by Troy Jones and Phil Thomas. And uh, Washington Post says it is about the friendship between a young white boy and an older black man. So I feel like they would have said it was Garth if yeah. it had been Garth. Like a, you know, like a Song of the South kind of situation. Yeah, you know, one of those cool old t- stories and stuff that everyone loves. I mean, I really, it really did evoke that because it, it's, you know, it's like a young, what is the lyric? A young boy and an old black man. It, yeah, it's he just literally sort of the, says that. Oh, a white boy and a, and a black, and a black old man. Okay, this is another thing. That's, that's not the correct order of adjectives, is it? Black old? No. Is it old black? Yeah. He does this at another point in the album too. We don't have enough time to talk about it, but where he there's this, you know, unspoken rule of the order that you're supposed to put adjectives in. Yeah. And no one's taught it, but everyone knows it's it. It's like size, That's, color, like the not not in that order, yeah. but like the the categories are like size and color yeah. and stuff. And mm. that's it I, I think it has to do with permanence is like one of the kind of qualifiers of it, like you know, and like obviously, old isn't as permanent, like in in our culture at least, as as black. I mean, well, I guess not just culturally, but like, yeah, blackness is something this person was born with, right? And then old is something that happened to him later. So old well, unless he was earlier. born old, Cameron, let's not be <laughs> yeah. narrative here. Yeah, Benjamin Button, <laughs> yeah, is the kind of situation. Um, so yeah, black old man. That's not how people talk. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it is if you want to if 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 uh, if you're sort of thinking of old man as kind of like a uh, a multi word sort of uh, noun almost. If if you're like you're emphasizing that he is an old man who happens to be black, you know. I still think it's bad. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think it's bad talking. I think it feels it's like an uncanny valley kind of thing. Yeah. It's like I understand what this is, but it's right. not something about it's not right. <laughs> uh yeah i i also cringed um there there's there's a a a couple episodes of it's It's always sunny in philadelphia where there is a a guest star who is a (laughs) an old black man and they they have some discussion talk yeah that's now that's now that's talking uh they have discussion there's because the, the 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 main character in this show they're also sociopaths um they're evil uh and they make no bones about it, but they have some discussion about like, I think Dennis insists on calling him the old man and everyone else just c- casually like calls him old black man or something. 
<laughs> and he's like, why do you have to point out that he's black? Um, because Dennis like is, is kind of a, it, at least in that situation is kind of a spoof of a, uh, w- not so well-meaning, uh, sort of pretentious liberal type who, sure. uh, is trying to correct other people, but is also not, uh, on P- know, political right, correctness right for the sake of optics and not for the sake of justice. Yeah, exactly. That's a yeah. great way of putting it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause he's, he's not interested in justice at all unless it's his justice. Um, yeah. Yeah. He also uh, specifically says it's his only black friend. Uh, yep. Uh, let's, let's maybe I should just read the whole first verse. We were white, they were black and our lives, they were divided by the railroad tracks. So there's that reference to like the wrong side of the tracks, which sure. is, is a real thing. Um, yeah, and is like he, 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 I think was it Austin? I mean, there's tons of cities like this where you like cross one street and you can tell it was the dividing line between different neighborhoods back in the day of like redlining and stuff. Yeah, there's like that. There's a classic. Um, uh, is it a Chris Rock stand-up bit? Maybe maybe it's him. I can't remember, but it's about like if if you want to go to like the 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 poorest neighborhood, which is incidentally the blackest neighborhood in, you know, in any major city, it's MLK, you know, junior mm-hmm. street or Avenue or Boulevard or whatever. Yeah. And that's, that's definitely, you know, that's the, the case in a lot of areas in Portland, which is a, is a very not black city yeah. um, for, to, for a major city. And, um, but that's seems to be where most of the people who have, been able to most of the black folks who have been able to stay in portland and not gotten priced out uh remain so right um yeah so divided by the railroad tracks we'd meet up every morning with that river band it's where i've learned about jesus from my only black friend sometimes we'd sit and stare up at the sky and i could see the hopes of heaven in his eyes um yeah so and then the chorus in the land where the cotton grows and we're already off to a roaring start that's (laughs) Real, just some real good and non-problematic and non-fraught uh, uh, imagery. Um, mm-hmm. In a time when change came slow, okay, just beyond okay. the point of no return, a white boy and a black old man on the tracks walking hand in hand. It's where I come to understand that it's where the cross don't burn. Yeah, they're going to save race. They're going to solve racism. They're going to save racism. <laughs> yeah, probably more of that. Exactly. <laughs> the Freudian slip. <laughs> It's yeah. It's just like he uses him such as a prop. It's it's a real like I I know that this this uh, this character and the idea of this has has definitely been like weighted down more with uh, a lot more um, uh, cultural impact. But it's kind of like an Uncle Tom type vibe. Sure. Like sp- like referring to the character of Uncle Tom from the book and the stage plays made out of that book, um, which is to say like kind of like at least portrayed as kind of like subservient uh, and only exists essentially as a plot device for the white main character. Yeah. Um, I think the, I've known a lot of white people in my life. You don't have to brag about it. (laughs) Hey, I've got, I've got a lot of white friends. Okay. (laughs) I have a lot of powerful social capital in the form of white community, (laughs) Uh, friends and family. And, uh, wow places. no way yeah yeah don't don't mean to brag but uh <laughs> yeah so i've known a lot of white people who uh you know have like 
black people either in their lives or in the media or um, just like people that they respect. And it's Mm -hmm. like, it is not difficult to respect individual people who happen to be black um, because there will always be exceptional people who are hard to disrespect. Right. Um, Yeah. You know, like your, your Denzel Washington's, you know, it's like, Mm -hmm. yeah, one of America's finest actors, like some of the worst racists in the country are going to love a Denzel Washington movie. Yeah. (laughs) You know? Yeah. Or like (laughs) Kanye West, like, <laughs> Sorry, there it is. <laughs> I should that I should I take it back. I should I should have done say. a weird bit right now. Um, you were saying the, the issue, and, and then obviously, like you know, the old you know the I can't be racist. I have a black insert you know relation here, um, or you know. I voted for Obama, or or yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, Obama's a great example of someone who's easy to i mean in a lot of ways in conventional ways to respect because he's handsome he's clever he has dignity um he's he's, he's the uh let's say in in the, in the words of our president-elect he's the first uh african-american out there who's clean and articulate i think he said something very <laughs> similar to that cool <laughs> what a great guy i'm glad he's president now Oof. uh yeah so god did he really say that Oh yeah, let me look up the exact quote. Oh um, no, Joe learning links. Biden, fucking new president. <laughs> Hooray! Uh, it's okay. Um, it's well, it's not okay, but it's <laughs> it's gonna have to be enough. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, the point I'm trying to make is in inhumanity is it's. It's never going to take place in like in those like in those relationships. It's it's always going to happen with the other, you know. And like uh, you have to talk about systems in order to talk about justice. And I know what Garth Brooks is trying to do here, which is he's trying to he's trying to say to his base um, that white people and black people can have profound um cause even like cosmic or divine connections with each other and the thing is his base already knows that most of the people in his base i don't know they have someone in their lives or someone outside of their lives but in the like public eye or they have people that they respect and that they admire and or even love and that are black and um yeah it's 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 difficult to not have those people in, in your consciousness, you know, because mm-hmm. there are so many black people here and um, yeah, some of them are going to, yeah, you're going to have to find some that you like, <laughs> just like law yeah. of large numbers, you know, exactly. like that's, that's the way it is. And that, that statement that he's trying to make is, is not powerful because they already all know that. And that, that kind of sentiment does not keep someone from saying, but look at the city of Chicago or Detroit. Those are like, you know, shitholes and it's, you know, and like all of these like dog whistles and like, you can still complain about the, uh, your perceptions of an entire culture of a race of people in our country while saying, but this is one of the good ones, you know, like there's, that's a trope for a reason. So 
yeah, anyway, I think that's why this song does more harm than good, because, you know, like movies like The Blind Side or, you know, The Help, uh, you know, it's making people feel good about race relations when they should not feel good about race relations. Yes. Yeah. Um, if the song was about, hey, if, if Garth did for, we didn't get to talk about this in the album, but like, he's so great at encouraging his base of men to respect women. Mm-hmm. Um and he, he has a song ha- on this album called Stronger Than Me, which is about how his, his wife, I think, yeah. is specifically is like stronger than he is, in his opinion. And, and there's a lot of great lines that are like, um, these things that are culturally valued in masculinity don't matter in, when, they're, when they're measured up against the ways that like my partner is strong. And, and one of the things he says is like, she could like share her feelings and she has an intimate relationship with her feelings. That means that she's stronger than me. That's almost a direct quote. Yeah. Um, you know, like he's so great at, at cutting through a lot of that bullshit and like, and like speaking to his base in this way. If he had done that with this song, but to, but, but, in a challenging way towards black people and not, not saying everything is okay because of this connection between a white boy and an old black man, a black old man, excuse me. <laughs> um, but if he had said like, if he had given context for it or said that he had taken this person for granted or like given this person their own agency or their own story um, to, there's a lot of different ways that he could have, made this song about something that could actually challenge people. But right now it's just pacifying them. So I, I think Garth fucked up with this song. I agree. Yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of, it kind of feels like he's, I don't know, playing respectability politics, which I guess is another way of saying what you're saying that like, like you can be fine with, or even appreciate or respect a individual person while still holding like systemically racist views. Um, it also, it also, it's just like, I don't know. There's a troubling implication that the only, well, at least in the song, the only specifically, the only specific thing he says, the that the reason he values this man is because of his religion. Yes. And so, like, what about atheist black people? Like, yep. do we not value them? Are they not possible to uh, like be be worth, you know, being have being friends with when you're a, a young white boy and they're a black. <laughs> old man there i think there's oh, sorry a white young boy guy. and a black old man <laughs> it sounds so bad <laughs> there, there's a there's a like a simpsons or a, or a family guy where it's it, where it ends with like there's an episode about like i don't know cultural clashes or race relations or something and this is well at least we're all the same religion and that's how <laughs> <Yeah>. it ends <laughs> that's family guy i've yeah. seen that one yeah yeah it's hilarious uh uh yeah, what about there? Hey, I don't know if people are aware. Some Muslims are black, and some black people are Muslims. Yeah. So, uh, what about that? Yeah. Well, anyway, this song gets a ten out of ten for funness. <laughs> it's so fun. Just kidding. Let's talk about uh, party gras. Party gras. The Mardi Gras song. <laughs> oh my god. It's like nothing that you ever saw. It's just this big ass party, don't Donk and Halloween. So bring a bit of Donkey Tonk on Halloween? 
I think saying a honky tonk in Halloween is really bizarre. It's just a really weird thing to say. Yes, it is. And I like it. <laughs> I choose to like that lyric. Mm-hmm. Uh, who that going to the Mardi Gras? It's like nothing that you ever saw. It's just as big as Party Gras, honky tonk in Halloween. What? It... <laughs> I am confused by uh, the reference to Halloween because Mardi Gras is what March, April? It's in the spring, uh, right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's it's what is it? The right before Lent or right after Lent? Uh, it's so. right before Lent, I believe. <laughs> there it is. So the Tuesday before the Wednesday that begins Lent. Uh, it is. Um, oh, it was March last year. This year it'll be February. Okay. Yeah. So it's it's. Uh, in this early springtime slash late winter. These lyrics aren't actually that clever, but it's the most upbeat song on the album. And it is appropriative. I do not believe that he has any sort of Louisiana or Cajun. Like Ooh, that ain't stopped him before to, though. <laughs> to put on the Bayou face. Yeah. Basically. Oh, and, uh, <laughs> he, he just loves doing that. You Santa Claus. Yeah. Um, and uh yeah it's not a very clever song but i just think it's pretty fun and i like that he sings it's just this big ass party y'all <laughs> <laughs> and then he follows that with a honky tonk at halloween so mm-hmm. anyway uh i thought we should unveil the new drop uh for the soundboard do you want to play that yes if i can find where i put it ah there it is okay honky tonk and halloween there it is. There it is. That's going to be a recurring uh, bit. Yeah, that we're going to be able to reference that a lot. So that's the real deal, homie. Yeah. <laughs> um. So should we should we wrap up? Yeah. Yeah. Let's wrap up. Um. We have not discussed what we're going to do next week. No. So we'll figure something out. I expect it will be some more. Well, this wasn't technically a palate cleanser because this is a continuation of season one. So we'll probably yeah, we gotta do a proper cleansers. palate cleanser. It's still clean, my palate. Oh, I'm so clean. My palate's so fresh and so clean, clean. White as snow. Oh. <laughs> to use go- gospel music imagery. Yes. Totally unproblematic religious imagery. Um, so in, in, until next week when we do our palate cleanser you can visit us online at boxset.website email us at email at boxset.website tweet us at Tobias Podcast. Uh, you can support us in a couple ways if you want to take the easy way out you can go to iTunes write us a review jam those stars if you want to be less lazy and less easy you can uh, <laughs> you can uh, support us directly by going to our Patreon at support.boxset.website in which case you'll get access to all of our bonus materials uh, the primary one of those we, we try to do it's been a while since we've done longer um, longer runtime bonuses we keep trying to do it it's hard to do um, for all of our various reasons um, but the primary thing we do is a weekly mini show called what's in the box weekly this week we talked there's about over 100 yeah there's a lot of them there's, there's a whole back catalog y'all can it's get like caught up on 50 hours of that show yeah and some of it is uh, even uh, sometimes interesting. <laughs> some of it's good. <laughs> some of it. Well, I wouldn't go that far. But uh, yeah, this week I talked about the uh, TV show Hannibal, which is incredibly good, f- especially for a network TV show. And Cameron talked about. I talked about Hades, the new uh, the, the new fun roguelike genre game that you can get on the Switch and probably other systems as well. Probably. Yeah. 
Um, so if you want to get access to that, go to support.boxset.website. Literally as low as $2 a month will get you access to all of our bonus materials. We don't do the whole tiered thing. You can give us more if you want. But uh, 2 bucks, it's like half a cup of coffee these days with the Starbucks and their mocha, choco, latte, <laughs> yaya, whatevers. Drag them. Yeah. Go off. And their war on Christmas. Whatever happened to the red cups or whatever those people say. Uh, yeah. Um, you should also... Oh, the red cups. <laughs> You should also listen to Cameron's other podcast, which is called Get Up in the Cool. Sadly, it is no longer Get Up in the Cool month, but you should still go listen to it because it's still cool. Uh, it it is- turns out that every month is technically Get Up in the Cool month because I never take a break ever. Yay! it's my job to do that show. <laughs> and if you have a job, you can never take a break or have a vacation. Everyone knows that. <laughs> uh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. Well, well, until next week, I, everyone, thanks for listening. I've been Nathan Hunt, and I want you to be my horniness allies. And I've been Cameron DeWitt. And don't forget, having fun is sad. <laughs> okay, I got to go right now. Okay, bye. <laughs> it was more fun than I thought. <laughs>